Hello and welcome to the Leading Line podcast. Chris here, I hope you are doing well and keeping safe as always. And we are back with another episode as we hype up to the return of SWPL1 this weekend, where we get to know a familiar face from the world of Scottish women's football. This time out, I am joined by another one of our country's rising stars. And as we were just talking about before we started recording, probably the biggest jambo I know, definitely in social media terms for sure. Uh, I am delighted to welcome Claire Delworth onto the podcast. Claire, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for having me. No, no problem at all. How are you doing? Let's start with that nice and simple. Yeah, I'm good. Just eager for the season to start now. How's uh, how's the last few months been? Because obviously, from a football perspective, it's been very stop-start. But as much as to do with the football, how's, how's things been for you like coping through these last kind of 12 months or so? Yeah, it's actually been okay. So obviously, we've got our new manager in Andy Kirk and he gave us a training programme and it was all quite based around like using a football and then being back at training, I've really enjoyed it. And like the last, obviously just getting back from the last lockdown, it's been tough on the legs getting in sessions. Like we were doing like three sessions continuously just running, but it's good getting in the legs and getting back's always a joy. Are you uh, somebody who likes to trade an element, element of it? Or are you somebody that just like games? Just get me to a game as quickly as possible and however I need to do it. Uh, I think I, I do. I mean, everyone enjoys a game, but I actually quite enjoy training. Like, I quite lear- like learning off other players. And we've obviously got, like, good coaches. Like, I've got Aaron Hughes, the most capped British defender. Like, I can't complain when I'm learning off him. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I was going to ask you then, because you obviously mentioned Andy Andy Kirch come in uh, and Aaron Hughes as well. What is it like? I mean, two very experienced players in terms of the men's game coming into the women's game. How's, how's that been for you? Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. It's been like a really easy transition. Kirk, he obviously gives us like how he wants to play and he's very like truthful. So he'll say to you like, oh, this is what you need to improve on. And I've been really enjoying the training. And obviously we've got Aaron Hughes, who's just like, they're both just great coaches and then we've obviously we're lucky enough to have Paul Gregg and Lisa McFarlane as well so our coaching staff's second to none I'm really enjoying it that's good to hear and as as you've mentioned as well there's that mix as well of people from the men's game and obviously people like Paul Gregg and Lisa have been in the women's game for a long time now as well so it's a, it's a really good mix but we'll talk about kind of hearts and the coming season coming back and stuff in a wee second but let's find out a little bit more about you. And one of the questions I always like to ask, start nice and early with is, what's your kind of first memories of like kicking a ball about? Um, it's probably, I was in primary two and we all used to play football at the, like against a wall and then against the gate. And I played for like my school team, but I was really good friends with a boy named Chris and he was really good at football at the time. So he was like, oh, just come play, come play. And I played and I just loved it. I mean, just running out every lunchtime, every like breakdown. And I was like, can we play football? And they were all like, yeah. <laughs> So what um what was it what was it like then when you kind of realized that I really like playing football, I want to kind of do it more properly? That's a really that's not the best word for it, but like, you know, maybe get involved with the team, for example. When did you kind of start realising that? So I think my dad started taking me to football matches, obviously hearts matches, when I was about five or six. And I must have mentioned it to him because then he found out that Spartans had a girls team. So he took me along to one session. I remember going to my dad like, oh, this isn't like my football at school. Like, oh, but then he was like, you've just got to get used to it. You'll enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, like that's that it's not there's no pressure on you to play I remember going and I just loved it like all the girls were in the same boat as me we were all just wanting to kick a ball and at that time it was all about getting touches on the ball so it wasn't even like 
going and playing for a team. It was just getting touches and getting your control in that better. It was really good. So did you start a, a girls team first of all then? Was that your kind of first yeah. start or did you play with the boys team a little bit before no. that? Part was a girls team but then I played with the boys team throughout my school because there wasn't a girls team but I started at Spartans about under maybe about under nines but I was always I've not played for a boys team outside of school as I mean because I mean even now that's still common for some some young girls to kind of do both so it's interesting to hear that you actually managed to kind of get in there nice and early and yeah. stick with it which is cool in terms of, I, I mean, I'm, get, I'm going to have a, a, a have an idea about the kind of players you might see here, but in terms of kind of growing up, who who were kind of your football heroes or who are your football heroes? Well, when now? I was younger, I wanted to be a goalkeeper. So my first ever, like, favourite player was Craig Gordon. And I remember making my dad go up to Orium one day and I stood outside Orium and I've got a photo of me when I'm probably about six years old and I got to meet him. And I, still to this day, like, I have the photo, it was like, even like when I look back on it, I still like, wow, like it's just one of the things. And then I actually, like I kind of grew out of my goalkeeping stage and we went to sevens and I got put up front because I was quite quick. So then I started to like idolise like Rudy Scatchel, David Templeton. I was, I'm a Spurs fan, so Bale, Van der Vaart, like obviously like the normal ones like Messi and that. But now I look up to like Michael Smith because he's obviously consistent, but it's just, don't know I still I just look at defenders and take bits of everyone like I've not got a set one where I'm like I want to play at Kim like I'll look at the English Premier League and then I'll look at Scotland and I'll see what players do and that's like I use that to try and work a own game. You mentioned that you wanted to be a keeper at first what what changed your mind how did you end up deciding not to be going that direction? Well, at Spartans in my age group, Erfa Cummins, who plays for Scotland, was other goalkeeper. So it was quite a sensible <laughs> choice to, not, to try elsewhere. You were just—you thought, do you know what? This this maybe isn't going to happen here. Let's let's try yeah. somewhere else. So you've you've because obviously you're a yeah. right back. Is that is that would you say that's your kind of base position? I know sometimes people yeah. move around a bit. But so how did you? Because you mentioned kind of getting flung up front because you were quick. So how did the kind of transition from so goalkeeper to striker to, to I right moved back to happen? striker when I was at Spartans at about under 13s age, and then I jumped up to 15s quite young because the way we lost a coach at Spartans and the older coach has taken us in the previous years. And he started to play me like striker and I was scoring quite a lot of goals in the 15s league. So Hearts approached me and I joined Hearts and I dropped back into right wing at the point because there was like quite good quality strikers there. But at one, I was playing development at about 17 and our right back got injured. My coach Jordan Forrester was getting helped out by Robbie Horn, the Bonnie Rig manager, who's my friend, like yep. Lucy's dad. And I said, oh, I'll go right back. And Robbie was like, you're... You, you can play there, like maybe focus on that. And from then I've just focused. As soon as I started there, Robbie was really good helping me. Then Andy Enwood was the first team coach who was helping me. Jordan, my coach, like I've just really enjoyed right back ever since. Did you, um, did it feel kind of right when she kind of settled into that yeah. role? Because you had moved about. Yeah, but... I felt like I'd kind of like, because my dad was like, you need to start getting a position because obviously... You're never going to cement a position if you can move so many places. Like obviously, it's great that I can play different places, like Kirky and that. Know that I could play centre half, play left back if called upon. But 
as soon as I like played right back, I was like to my dad, I really enjoyed it. Like I want to keep doing that. And it was just something in my brain. I was like, every time I was watching a football game, I was like, oh, what's right back doing now? It must have just been something that was in my brain that clicked subconsciously. That's, that's pretty cool. I always like to think that I could have been a left back if I had any ability, but I've only got a left foot, so that's <laughs> all I've been able to work with. But um, I tell you what, you, you kind of half mentioned them, so let's let's get on to it. Hearts came calling. How how did that kind of move to Hearts kind of come about for you? And being a, a Hearts mega fan, how how did that feel when you kind of heard that that might have been a possibility? So Hearts had taken my friend Misha from Spartans. Like me and Misha grew up together. We were at like in the same team like strikers and then they had lost another player and it was actually Michaela McCloney that plays for Spartans her dad was a coach and Holly H plays for Hearts now her dad they two dads were the coach and they approached me and they were like oh do you want to come along training and I remember John phoned my dad and my dad phoned me at school and he was like now I don't want you getting like nervous for that but you've got a trial for Hearts tonight and I just like at that point at Spartans I was going to be moving up to under 17s but I was still only 14 so I was a bit anxious about that as it is because I'm not like the, physically the biggest either so I was like yeah I'm going to go try it and obviously Hearts were dominating the league at the point so to be the best you've got to train with the best and obviously that was the like pathway that I took and I knew that Hearts even like in the women's team like they have good coaching so I was like and it was hard it wasn't ever going to be a no if I enjoyed it so that was that <laughs> and when you kind of put on like because I'm assuming you had like strips and stuff like that when you were younger like in terms of heart stops so see when you were putting it on that kit for the first time as a player like what what was that like I was nervous because I was actually my first game back like my first game for hearts was against Spartans so I was really nervous because obviously it was like returning to mold club as my first game but it was just kind of surreal like I was like I feel like I felt like I was just going down the park because I wasn't taking it in. Like, I would only ever wear my hearts kit to, like, the park if I was going to the Astro with, like, my school friends. So putting it on, I was a bit like, whoa. Like, I think a lot of people don't, like, because a lot of people won't have had that experience, it's hard to describe it. Like, it's you feel proud within yourself. Like, it's quite a rare feeling to feel really proud of yourself, I feel. But there I was like, wow, like, this, I've done really well here. If I remembered rightly, were you one of the people that was involved in the kind of the kit launch yeah. a couple of seasons ago? How I mean that must that must have been pretty full on. Like you've gone from being a fan who wears replicas down the astral to being the person that's kind of getting put up as a as a face of the club to kind of sell the kit. Yeah, how was that? It was it was really weird, like because the contact we got put in a group chat five of us who done it, and they were like, "Oh, you're doing the kit launch, but you can't say anything." And I was like to my mum, eh, I'm going to Tynecastle tomorrow. And she was like, why? And I was like, oh, I'm going back into school to study. Because obviously my dad and my sister and my mum are massive jambos. And then I was saying, ended up saying to my dad, like, I've just done the kit launch, but I couldn't tell him what the kits were like. And he was like, well, I like the kits. What colour are they? And I was like, I can't tell you. But it was just amazing. <laughs> I went in and it was like, Christoph Fever, Captain of Hearts. And me and all the girls are just sitting there like, cheesing with ourselves that we're getting to do that it's just amazing because obviously it's something that you like look at like when you're a child or even like now I'll be like oh kit comes out it's the first thing you want to see so obviously being involved in it was a great experience and it like all the fans took it really well you got you got a little bit of the billboard treatment as well yeah that, that right and I mean did you look at that and go that's that's mad 
Well, I, I actually worked at the shop last year, like the club shop, part time on a Saturday. So a lot of people would be like at the shop, like looking at <laughs> the billboard, and I'd be like, "Yeah, it's me." But it was amazing. My mum took like so. My granny just passed in December, but my mum managed to get her to go down and see it, and she was just proper, like so happy with it. And it just it's a nice thing to have to know that like that's something that my family have seen, who have always put in so much effort to get me to where I am. Like, whether it's my dad taking me, my mum taking me, or my grand rushing to make me tease. Yeah. I feel like it's just amazing to like to know that they know that I'm appreciative and that's where they've got me. What's, um, what's been your favourite heart skit of your time being a fan? The championship winning one. The one with the collar, the Adidas one. I like that. I like the old badge on it. Yeah, they uh, yeah, because they had like there was a while where Adidas did lots of like those kind of collar tops on it, and they mm-hmm. they were cool. I like those Adidas tops. Um, you've done some cool things though since being at Hearts. Obviously, mm-hmm. you played at Tyne Castle, um, and you won uh, SWPL two at Tyne Castle back end of twenty nineteen. Uh, I was at that game. There was like over a thousand folk there. Uh, how how is that as a day for you? I mean, first of all, playing. And we talked about wearing the strip and being on the billboard. What about play? I mean, playing at Tyne Castle. That must be like. As, as high as it could possibly get. Yeah, so obviously we'd played there before and we'd lost to Dundee United, but this was obviously a bit, like, it meant more because we needed to win to win the league. I remember going in the game and my dad was like, just go and enjoy the occasion, but focus on the game when you're in the game. Take it in after. And I was thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, it won't even hit you till after where you are. I remember we scored our second and I just looked up to try and find my dad to like smile at him and like wave and I couldn't see him and I was like whoa there's a lot of people here like usually there's maybe like 50 60 at our games I was thinking this this is amazing and then to go back into the change rooms and just celebrate at Tynecastle winning a league for hearts it was just amazing yeah because I mean the, the tunnel at Tynecastle so I've been I've been in and around Tynecastle so the tunnel at Tynecastle is very maroon and it's got obviously the, the is it um, maroon doesn't show in the jersey. Is that? Uh, blood I think that's on a maroon jersey. Yeah. That's that's the one. So you can tell I'm not a Hearts fan, but I, I got it close. Um, so I mean, in terms of that, and then obviously winning winning the title that that day as well, because it'd been a, that season. It'd been kind of yourselves and Hamilton. I mean, kind of pretty much head to head up until the kind of the final day. And the final day, you you just kind of needed to win. Going into that game, were you confident it was going to get a job done? Were you nervous? How, how were you feeling? I was. We had a really good training week and I was really like, I wasn't confident in the fact that I'm, like we were going to beat Park Thistle because Park Thistle were a really experienced and good team at that time. And when we had played them, we had drawn with them and won. But I was confident in our ability. Like I was confident that we could go out there and play and zip it about. And if we zip it about, I'm confident that we would go and create chances in order for us to win the game. So I wasn't confident that we were going to go and walk over them, but I was confident that we were good enough to put in a performance and give a good account of ourselves. And I felt like because we were we were three points ahead of Hamilton or two, so we just needed to not get beat, which I think was so much easier than you've got to win. So even like we did set up to obviously go and win, but yeah, I was confident but nervous. But yeah, it was a good occasion and we all dealt with it like that. Like we were all quite nervous. But when you get on the pitch, you've just got to hope that you're given a hundred percent and working hard is good enough. Do you um, do you remember how you felt at full time, like when when the whistle went and you knew that it was done? I, I actually wanted to like pinch myself. I was like, 
no, we've not just won the league. Like, because mm-hmm. Evie started the season so early. Like, we went back into pre-season two days after our awards night for that season. So we've worked basically a whole year to get to that position. And I remember my dad saying before the game, as soon as the game goes, no matter the result, you go straight to the Park Thistle players and then you celebrate after or you pick up your teammates after. So as soon as it went, I actually hugged my captain, Danny, and all the girls, there's a video of all the girls hugging and you just see me running away because I'm like, my dad <laughs> shake the Park Thistle players' hands. I was like, I've got to do that first. And then we got to celebrate. And it was just like, I, I was so happy for all the other girls because I knew like we'd put so much work in it. We would finish training at like 10 o'clock and then we'd be in at 6 o'clock and 6 p.m. the next day. And we had like fire, for, uh, we had ambulance workers, police officers, teachers. We had everything in the squad. So the girls were coming home from training, going doing a shift at like the ambulance, coming straight to training. It was just like they had put in so much hard work. It was just amazing. Yeah, I, I do. I think I remember speaking to Danny after the game, um, and she was she said something very similar about the fact that actually some of the, some of the players that day weren't even really going to be able to celebrate properly just because of work. kind of work and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I mean that those scenes at the end, lifting a title at at Tynecastle, in terms of life achievements so far, where where does that rank for you? Yeah, probably up there at the top because. I just, as a child, I used to go to Tynecastle and at halftime I'd be thinking, I wish I could go on that pitch and play, like, because they have, like, the fives competitions. I always used to be like to my dad, can we ask Spartans to do it? And my dad would be like, yeah. But it was also such a long wait that Spartans were like, it's not doable. So to be on the pitch, I was like, and win it, I was like, wow, this is like, like, I was so lucky. I was thinking about, like, like, my sister's obviously a big jambo and I was thinking, like, this is amazing. Like I'm doing, like my family are going to get to see this, and that's just amazing. That's amazing. Um, obviously, from there, you obviously as well as winning the title, get promoted to SWPL one, uh, and that's when the world started to go a little bit mad because um, I, th- I think the thing that people forget about the kind of pre-pandemic world is those first couple of months of the season before then, we also had like all the mad storms. Like the weather was just insane. It's it's been a, a strange old like 12, 13 months for, for all the clubs in SWP one. How how have you kind of found that being at heart? Um so obviously as soon as the season ended, Kevin came in. So that kind of like we lost quite a lot of players. They all kind of like it kind of moved the team on and then we brought in more. And I kind of struggled with the change. I didn't I couldn't get grasp it around the change, obviously. I was having to adapt to Kevin's new concepts and that, and I've only ever been under Andy. So I didn't play the first couple of games because I wasn't well. I had I was really unwell for a couple of weeks. And then we played Rangers and I was starting to like feel confident, getting fitter. And Kevin was obviously like fine when I was early. He was like, just take your time, like your health comes first. And then we played Rangers and we went into lockdown the next like next couple of days. So I'd gotten back to fitness and then they were like, oh, that's it. And I was like, oh, no. But I just used that time to get fitter. Like, using this, like, obviously, I thought it was just going to be three weeks. I was putting it full out for three weeks. And then, obviously, it was another nine months or something until we got back. So I just started to use training programmes being given, working on my strength, working on, like, injury prevention and all that. So I felt like I came back in a better place than what I'd left, definitely. You obviously mentioned that Kevin had kind of come in and to kind of step down. Kevin had come in and then 
another Andy's now come in, Kirky in, in mm-hmm. this case. Um, how, how you mentioned it was quite difficult that transition from Andy to Kevin, from Kevin to, to, to Andy Kirk. Is that, was that transition easier or, or did you feel because you were in a better place, kind of physically and prep wise? Yeah, I think because I was physically in a better place, but I was also well. Like, so when Kevin was in, I was struggling a lot with like tonsillitis and like colds and just not feeling like well. And I was. I just wasn't like myself for a couple of weeks. So that, that was hard. But obviously when Kirky came in, like obviously I was like mentally feeling good because I was back at football. I felt fit and I was also feeling well. So I felt like it was a lot easier to get straight into that. And obviously we were all so keen and eager to get back because being like six to nine months without sport that we just all came back and it was fine. It was just like slotting back in like you'd never been away. In terms of the the kind of season today, I was pretty pretty tough start to the season. Is that probably a fair thing to say? Yeah, um, you've got like we lost a lot of players during lockdown. Like a lot of players went to other clubs, some retired. Like different things obviously happened, and then we already had a small squad before, so it made it hard to get players in during a lockdown anyway. But Kirky's came in, given us like his like he's way of playing he's in, like brought into the team and he's working on it every week but yeah it was a tough start and I don't think anyone can deny that but we are working hard and obviously we are like wanting to improve on that every time we step on that training pitch we know that we need to improve and want to challenge as much as we can obviously it's hard when there's teams that are professional so you've got to have like you've just got to have that mentality that you've just got to work hard and Try your best every game. I, I'm going to ask you about one result in particular, but then I'm going to ask you about another result after it. Okay. So I'm going to ask you about the, the 10-0 game, first of all. I, I, how I, how does it feel to play in, it, in a game like that? Like when It just feels like everything's obviously not not going the way you wanted it to. Well, we actually kept Celtic out for like 20 to 30 minutes and then they scored three quick fires. And then it was just like, their quality on the ball that day was so, so good. But from our point of view, we were so poor and that's not taking anything away from Celtic. But see, after the game, we actually all knew, like, we've just put in a performance that doesn't take account of ourselves and it makes us look poor. It was just, it wasn't a nice game to play in because you know that you're getting beat. And I was, like, I take it to heart when I get beat because I'm obviously so, like, involved with the club. Like, I love hearts. So it was hard to take and we all knew and we all accepted it. And the next training sessions, we spoke about it. We spoke about what we've done wrong and what we need to improve on. And I think even now we do go into games and I think I'm never wanting to get beat by that scoreline. That's like, even when we beat teams last season by like a couple, like 10, 11 goals, I've always been told to never rub it in anyone's faces because that will happen to you and you won't enjoy it. And obviously I received that this season. So you just got, like, I just had to accept that we'd been beaten, but I didn't accept the manner, like, that we all let ourselves down in. So I knew myself that I should have been better that game. And I took, like, what I'd done wrong, I, took, like, took blame for that. And all the girls done it. And we all had a really good chat. And we just, we had to move on from it. Because if we dwell on it, then you're never going to get anywhere. No, absolutely. And, I mean, to be fair, I think, I think it, it definitely seemed to, not necessarily, you didn't have, 
I'm not going to say getting beat 10 is a good thing because it's never a good thing. But in terms of like the kind of running up until football stopped again in December, you definitely obviously picked up form. And obviously from kind of like the lows of that that defeat to Celtic, you had the, the last minute win against Hibs. Um, I'm going to guess you enjoyed that a little bit. Yeah, so it was actually a really tough week for me. I had to isolate for from the Friday. So I had to isolate until the Friday. So I only had that one training session. I came in from training and I came home and my gran had passed suddenly. So I phoned Kirky on a Saturday and I was like, listen, I want to play, but I'm just letting you know. And he was like, I'm not putting pressure on you to play. Come in the game tomorrow. And if you do the warm up and you don't want to play, we'll take you off. If you play 30 minutes and you say, my head's gone, I'll take you off. He was like all the coaching staff and all the girls were amazing during it. So see to get the last minute winner, just like it, like I felt not proud, but I was like off myself, but I was pleased that I'd played because if I had had the result that happened, it would have made me even more like, oh, damn it. Like, so I was just, it was just a really special moment and all the girls had worked so, so hard for it. Obviously we've like, that's the first one that we'd got. Like it would been coming because we have like had chances. We just haven't put them away. So just to get the result and all the girls, like, I deserved it. Like, we deserved to finally get a win. And it, obviously it was a tough game. Hibs did dominate a lot of the ball and they had a lot more shots than that. But as a team defensively, we set up and we frustrated Hibs. So when we took our chances, we took it. And it was just, for the whole team, it's a special moment with the club. Yeah, and I mean, I think the, the other thing as well is that I think, obviously, as, as football fans, which we both are, and people listen to this will be as well, you, you have rivalries, of course, but when you become involved in the game, whether it's as a player or covering it, like the, I'm not, the rivalries soften a little bit. Like, you, you were still happy to win, but you didn't, there wasn't that visceral, like, as an Edinburgh derby, like, you, you would maybe get if it was, like, the 5-1 Scottish Cup final, for example. Mm-hmm. It, it is definitely, like, playing in a derby is definitely different from watching it. Like, see, when I watch it on TV... I'm like proper, like wanting the like everything. But see, playing in it, it's different. Like you've got control of the game, whereas when it's a derby and you're watching on TV, it's just so much, like you've got no control over it. So it's so hard to like relax. Whereas like we had like obviously Hibs, and like I was like, well, I can take my touch here and pass. Whereas like in a game, I'd be like, move the ball, move the ball, get ready because like I'm really <laughs> my sister and me are really bad for if Hearts play around the back when we've got a derby or that because. We get scared that we're just going to make a daft mistake, just because that's how we feel. Like we don't want to concede. Looking ahead then to obviously season coming back this this weekend, so we're recording it on what day is it today, Wednesday, um, and the Rangers game is going to be on BBC Sport Online as well. Um, how how does it feel kind of coming back, and how what's your kind of expectations coming into the the second part of the season? Um, obviously, we want to pick up better results than what we did. Like obviously. We've dropped a lot of points, but coming back from lockdown, we've all came back a lot fitter. We're working on formations with Kirky, like even like from him first coming into his first training session to now, there has been a massive improvement, like quality wise on the ball, positional wise, like how we keep the ball and that. So it, it, we are like excited for it. Obviously, Rangers is a really tough game to start the season off. Obviously. They've got a lot of international players are full time. So we've just got to go in and give a good account of ourselves and do what Kirky's got us set out to do. 
And as long as we perform to our standards, then we should be able to at least challenge. What's uh, What will be a successful second half of the season for you personally in terms of what you're looking to achieve? Um, for me to be able to like play as many games as I can to improve every like on my performance and I want to contribute more going forward. So obviously we haven't we scored we haven't scored a lot of goals. I want to be able to get into positions where I can put crosses in for us to score goals and I want to I want the team to play well. That's the main thing. I want us to give a good account of ourselves and represent hearts in the right way. Nice one. I tell you what, we'll round out then with some very kind of random questions I always like to do at the end, just to kind of get to know you a little bit more, a little bit more about your teammates and stuff like that as well. Yeah. So the first question I've got for you, who is the best player that you've played with? Hmm. Um, well, I don't know. I've played with quite a few good players. I'm going to say Rachel Walkinshaw, because she'll probably shout at me if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rachel, Rachel's definitely got, uh, got a, a knack for the spectacular. I mean, it felt like there was a wee while where it felt like every goal she scored was from about 50 yards and was on the half volley overhead kick type stuff. No, at one point during training session, she would just shoot and I'd be like playing out wide as I would like go back getting crosses and I'd be like, Rachel, give me the ball. And then I'd be like, never mind, because she just, she just <laughs> effortlessly, like we can be like after training kicking a ball and we can try and hit a crossbar. And I can try like two or three times and then I'll hit it. Rachel just goes like that and it, she just walks up to it, hits it and that's it. And I'm like, okay. And she can do it with both, not even like it's one foot. She's two footed. No, I, yeah, I think Rachel's a good show. Uh, what about the toughest player? Was you, who's been the best player you've played against? Um, probably Sarah Ewens at Celtic. It was it was last season. Like so, when we won the league, we played them in a friendly, and I came on at left back, and she was playing right wing, and she genuinely tore me to shreds at one point. I had to like stop it. I was thinking, how can I stop her? And she's so powerful that it was it would genuinely was my toughest opponent, and she was very good that day. Yeah, I, mean, I did a podcast with Robin McCaffrey. She said exactly the same thing. It feels like Sarah's maybe one of these players that. If you know women's football in Scotland, you know about Sarah, but if you don't, you maybe won't know about her that yeah. much because she's obviously not not really been involved in internationally and so she's kind of maybe slipped under the radar a little bit. Yeah, she's very good. She's very powerful and she can use both feet. What about, have you got a preference between sweet or savoury? Mm, probably sweet. I love a moam, if that's how you say it. Is it just like the wee Maui and but And again, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Yeah, like so we're both in the same boat here. I'm a, <laughs> the wee guards, yeah. No, like they always have to say, like, you're not having any because I try and pinch them. But I'm trying to cut, like, try to cut out, like, eating too much of it. But they're they're probably my, like, one that I'm, like, fall to. I think, uh, I think they trick you because they've got the individual wrappers on them. So you think you're only eating a wee thing, but actually you, you've tanned, like, <laughs> Yeah, heat 20 in about 15 minutes and you're like, oh, that was a mistake. Yeah. Um, great question asked. Uh, ask everybody. I've, I've started to remember to ask everybody about this. Uh, Turnix make four products. They make the caramel wafer, caramel log, the snowball and the tea cake. If you can only pick one, which one would it be? Wafer. Uh, show you working. Why, why, why wafer? 
because that's the only one I've ever really had. <laughs> so <it's, laughs> I mean, um, that's that's a pretty good reason. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, what's on your Spotify playlist at the moment? What's what kind of is it? Uh, I love Louis Tomlinson. Nice. And so a bit of him. I like Oasis, Harry Styles. I'm a bit of everything. Like. If I like it, I like it. I'm not like into like a certain style. I just listen. Some like my mum must think my mum and dad when I've got my musical must think like what is she listening to? Because it can be like really upbeat and it can be really sad and it can be like <laughs> sad for a couple of minutes. <laughs> She's like, okay. Cool. Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of very much the way these days. I think Spotify has helped a lot with just everybody just listens to whatever they want now because you don't have to get a whole album and stuff. So it's just like... Yeah, I use Spotify. I use Spotify a lot for podcasts. So I watch like the Open Goal podcast on YouTube, but it's Fern Cotton's Happy Hour and she's done like interviews with like Gary Southgate now. I listen to a lot of football podcasts, just hearing like how other people speak and like Jamie Carragher and just hearing other people's experiences within the game. Yeah, and I obviously... You listen to leading the line as well, which is awesome. Yeah. Which I've, of course. <laughs> That's all right. Um, what about uh, Netflix? Are you, you big into box sets? Are you watching anything on the TV at the moment? Um, at the moment, I'm, I love Gossip Girl, but that's just been taken off Netflix. So I watch quite a lot of football just back. Like I'll just rewatch Hearts games. Or I'll just rewatch Tottenham games. Like it, I don't. It must sound so sad because I know all the know the results and that, but I'll rewatch them and I just end up like I just enjoy watching football. Like if it's like under like twenty ones international, like I'll just watch it. It's just football. That's what I watch most of the time. Cool. Just football. No, I mean that's what I do as well. So I'm I'm absolutely sad with that. Uh, I'll tell you what. Last question for you. Say um, things go super well, and say for example the SWPL Cup comes back before the end of the season somehow. And hearts go on and win it, and you're put in charge of the the team night out to celebrate. What what happens? Where do you go? I don't know. We usually go to Frankenstein's in Edinburgh, which is a pub. But I'll go anywhere. If we've won <laughs> something. <yeah. laughs> you're not bothered to be won it. It's all good. Yeah, Perfect. I'm not really a drinker either, so I just just go out and enjoy my night. I, yeah, I think that's definitely the way to do it um, in terms of just going to enjoy your nights. I've, I've definitely felt the benefit of not having lots of hangovers in the last year and a bit. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. Um, well, I'll tell you what, Claire, that is all for this now. So thank you very much for coming on and having a wee chat. No, thank you for having me. No, no problem at all. And if you are listening to this, thank you very much for listening. Uh, please tell everybody about it and obviously watch the SWPL this weekend. Claire will be in action hopefully in the start of 11 come come Sunday against Rangers uh, so that'll be on BBC Sport Online and obviously follow our channels for all the other news but for now thank you very much for listening stay safe and we'll speak again soon <laughs>